of Jesus. Can we lift our hands all over this place right now? The Holy Ghost is moving in this place right now. And he's come to tell somebody today that nothing, not one thing is too difficult for God. Nothing, nothing is impossible when he is in it. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. And God wants to do something in this house today. Amen, amen. I I pray that you feel what I feel today. Because it feels good. Amen. I'm delighted to be in the presence of the Lord today. I believe that the Lord has given me a word to share with you today. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. We'll begin reading verse 11. Genesis 18:11 says now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying after I am waxed old shall I have pleasure my lord being also old and the lord said unto Abraham Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Today for... Just a little while with the help of the Holy Ghost. And he is here right now. I would like to talk to you on the subject. Sarah shall have a son. Father, we love you right now. God, we thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, we feel your anointing. We feel your spirit moving right now. God, that you have a word to declare today. God, I pray right now that you would speak through these lips of clay. God, to deliver your word. God, to your people. God, for this time, this appointed time by you. God, and that you would have your way in this service today. God, speaking to fears and doubts and questions today. God, that we speak prophetically believing. God, just as you. God, that something shall be birthed in this place. God, that the agony that has gone forth and the pain and suffering, God, and the doubts would be silenced today. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe. And the church said, Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Time. Waiting. Patience. These are all pills that are hard to swallow because 
We have schedules and calendars and notifications and agendas that we have to go through. Routines that we're accustomed to. We need things to happen, but we need them to happen on our timing and when we are ready. Sometimes we think the time appointed that was referenced in Scripture here first needs to be approved by us. That we need to say, well, God, I understand what you want to do, but let me make sure that 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 fits into my calendar here. Let me make sure that that fits into my agenda and make sure that that's the way that I intend for it to go. Many of us can stand here today and declare that we believe the Lord has purpose. Do you believe that today? We believe that God does miracles. We believe that God heals. We believe that God delivers. But some of us in our mind, we're saying, I know that he does all of those things, but he does not do those things to me. He does not do those things for my family. He does not do those things for my situation. And it's not because he is not good and it's not because he is not able. But I am the issue. I am the reason that God cannot do those things. It is my fault that that, that none of these things are happening the way that he has declared them to be so. I'm not by any means pointing the finger at God and saying it's your fault. I, I am saying it doesn't happen for me because of me. In Genesis 11, it introduces us to Abram and Sarai at the moment. And Abram and Nahar took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. Verse 29 was the first time that we ever see her name. And the name that came forth was Sarai. And it just simply said that she was Abram's wife. And the very next verse, verse 30, just gets straight to the point and calls out Sarai and addresses her issue. It says that Abram took himself a wife named Sarai. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. Period. Now, I I don't think that there are any books out there written about me, but I would hope that if there was, it would not simply say, well, Landon Long was this guy, and here's the problem he had. And that's it. But that's where it leaves us in this scripture. Moses wastes no time in writing and telling us the truth concerning Sarai. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He just speaks very matter of fact. Sarai was barren. She had no child. There is no secret meaning. There's no changing, digging through translations, trying to find a different revelation. Everything you look up says the same exact thing. Sarai was barren. She had no child. You see, God had made a covenant to Abram. And that covenant was that through Abram's seed, all of the earth would be blessed. So everyone looking on to the scene had a mindset that either God picked the wrong person when he chose Abram. Or Abram chose the wrong spouse. 
because everyone took notice that Sarai was barren and nothing, nothing was changing in that. No matter how long they had been married, nothing was changing. So even Abram and Sarai, I know they were sitting there saying, God, I I know what you told me. I know what you spoke to me and what you've promised to me and you've made a covenant with me. But I also have to be very real because either you were talking to the wrong person because my wife cannot have children or I messed up and I married the wrong person because she cannot have children. So somewhere along the line, something went wrong. In chapter 12, God then tells Abram to leave. Where is it that he would go? He did not know. The Bible says that he wandered. He wandered all over the place, never knowing where he was going to end up. He says in verse 2, And I will make of thee a great nation. Here it comes again. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And I want you to go back in your Bible sometime this week and read the story. Abram doesn't sit there and say, well, well, hold on, God, let me think about this. Because I've got my wife and my children and my family that I've got to worry about. And I've got, I've got my future that I've got to worry about. And, and I know you're telling me to, to go and to wander, but I don't know where I'm going. The Bible doesn't say that he sit there and fumbled around. The Bible does not say he hesitates. The very next verse says, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken. And so Abram stepped out in faith, walking and trusting in God. Even through a famine, he allowed God to lead his steps and to help him through it. Next chapter, God reminds Abram of his promise yet again. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it. For I will give it unto thee. Chapter 14, Abram rescues all of his goods, Lot and all of his goods, and the women and people also. In all of this, Abram didn't bat an eye that scripture records. He did not question God. He did not question God's leading and direction. He just went with what God spoke because he said, I know if he's saying it, it's going to happen. I know if he's saying it, he's doing it, it's, it's all working out just fine. Chapter 15 says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. But Abram, Abram, though he was blessed, he was still missing something. He was still unsure of how this whole covenant was going to play out because there's still an issue here. I still do not have a son. I still have no child. And so in that second verse, Abram said, Lord God, what will thou give me? Seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, behold, to me, thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is an heir. 
In essence, he was saying, God, I, I, I haven't. I haven't had a child yet, but there's somebody here that that if you want, we can we can plug into that place and we can let him do the things that you're needing to be done. Because it's not happening in my life. It's not happening for Sarah and I. And and we've pretty much accepted that. And and God, I, I think it's time that we talk about this and consider this. But God immediately tells him to look up into the sky. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord. Once again, Abram was standing there and saying, I I." Do not know how it's going to happen. But God, I believe in you. I believe in the Lord. I believe that somehow, some way, you are able. The Bible says that he counted it to him for righteousness. Chapter 16 starts off again declaring the true issue. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bear him no children. And she had in handmaid an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now the Lord, he hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. You hear me this morning. The Bible says that Sarah says... It may be, it may be that I may obtain a child by her and you cannot live your life on maybes. It may be that I'm supposed to find someone else for the blessing to flow through. It may be that I am not the one. Maybe Abraham married the wrong person. Maybe I have handicapped my husband. Maybe I have handicapped his ministry. Maybe I have handicapped my family and my future. Maybe I, I maybe I'm the reason I, we're struggling right now. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's just supposed to be this way. You hear me to, this morning. That is what the enemy wants. He wants you to defer every good thing that is coming your way to somebody else. Every time God's wanting to bless you and saying it's coming to you. He's wanting you to sit there and say, no, it's not coming to me. Maybe I'm supposed to send it to somebody else. Maybe I'm supposed to say, no, no, why don't you give it to them over there? They're they're more adequate, God. They're the one you're really looking for. They're much younger than I am. They, They seem to have something going for them, God, but but it's It's not me. I want you to notice that I am old. I want you to notice that that day is long gone. Maybe I just need to realize this morning that it's it's not the way that I thought it was going to all pan out. I know what you spoke to my husband. I know what you told him. But but God, look at me. Look at me and where I'm at right now. It's not going to happen. The enemy wants you to believe that it is your fault. He wants you to believe you're never going to change. He wants you to get to that place where you are and you start living on maybes. You start trying to think of a plan. You start figuring out, well, how do we how do we both move on from here? And you hear me this morning when the wife finds another woman to give her husband. 
there's a big, big problem. You can say, well, that was part of their culture all you want to. But you see the tension that was built up immediately when that happened. Sarah created this problem. And now this problem is not just here. Now Hagar is not just here with Abram, but she's multiplying. And she's conceiving. And the Bible says that she went in with Abram and conceived. When you take matters into your own hands, it never ends the way that you thought it would. You say, oh, I'm tough. I'm stoic. I can handle this. I know what God said, but I I think he spoke up too late. I, I think he just forgot about us and went on his merry little way. And here I am, an old person, and it just can't happen anymore. That's what the enemy wants. He wants all of us to get to a place where we say, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to amount to anything. I think he's talking to somebody else. And, and then we create a problem by trying to do it on our own. And then we're saying, well, what have I done? I've created an even bigger problem. And then she tells Hagar, get out of here. All because she could not understand that though he is able and he is worthy and he's up to something great. It's just it doesn't involve me. The Bible says in Sarai, Abram's wife took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian. And after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar and she conceived And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. How frustrating. How heartbreaking it must have been to have been dedicated to God. To be faithful. To follow his leading. To do everything in his power that he possibly knew to do. And Abraham was obeying the word of God and Sarah with him. And nothing. No promise. No child. No future, no hope. But Hagar shows up and immediately conceives. Don't you know that in this moment, Sarah felt completely useless? Don't you know the lies that the enemy got and whispered in her ear? Why couldn't you do that, Sarah? Why couldn't you have a baby? Why couldn't you give Abram what he needed? Why couldn't you help God out with the covenant he made with your husband, Sarah? Why couldn't you do this? Oh, that's right. You're too old. Oh, that's right. You're barren. Oh, that's right. You have an issue. That's right. You, you have these limitations. That's why you, that's why God had to lead you to help somebody else. That's why this all panned out the way that it did. You failed, Sarah. Don't you know that she felt guilt and shame like never before? And once again, that bitter truth is spoken. In verse 15, it says, And Hagar bare Abram a son. And Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare, Ishmael. Now tell me a point is not being made here in this scripture. Hagar bore a son. Hagar did it. Hagar did what you cannot, Sarah. Hagar showed up late and got the blessing. Hagar showed up later and got all of the promises of God. And yet Hagar shows up like it's no big deal and a piece of cake. And just like that, she's going to have a baby. 
Hagar didn't do anything special, yet she was rewarded. Hagar bare a son for Abraham, and Abram called his son's name that Hagar bare Ishmael. Like salt to the wound, it just keeps going over and over and over. Hagar bare a son. Hagar bare a son. And you know that mentality entered into her mind. Hagar bare a son. Hagar bare a son to your husband. That other person did it when you could not. That other person succeeded when you failed. And just like a haunting memory, it poisoned her mind. Don't you know that she was walking around and she would see Hagar pregnant. Walking around with a belly. The things that would go through her mind. The tears she would probably shed privately. And saying, God, that was supposed to be. God, I was supposed to be the one to give my son, a son, give my son to, to, to the world. You said that through my, my husband, all the world would be blessed. God, how, how is this? How is this going on? I was faithful. I followed my husband. God, we went through famine. God, we went to places we didn't know how we were going to make it. God, you led us away from Sodom and Gomorrah where we didn't even have to endure all of that. God, you brought us this far and now I have to sit and watch as some other woman steals my promise. Fast forward and Abram is now 99 years old. 13 years from one chapter to the next. 13 years of walking around seeing this little boy grow up to be a young teenager. 13 years of that haunting memory. You didn't do it. You failed. You, you, it never, it never came to pass, Sarah. They have only gotten older than the old they already were. They felt like time had run out at 86 and now at 99. It's really, really not an option. But God is still declaring this covenant. And he begins to say, I will. I will, Abraham. Not I have. I know you've got Ishmael, but I'm still saying I will because it hasn't happened yet. But I will. I will bless you. I will give you a son. I, out of your seed, the whole world is going to bless. I will, I will, I will. Verse 15 said, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her. You see, Abram, I've been speaking to you. I've been encouraging you and talking to you and building you up and leading you along the way. But now I'm giving you a word to speak to your wife. Now I'm speaking a word for her because I've seen her trouble. I've seen her heart. I've seen the tears that she's cried. I see her limitations and I know that she feels lonely and she's sad and she doesn't think she amounts to anything. So I'm speaking a word to you, Abraham, and I want you to go tell Sarah I will bless her. And give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless 
her and she shall be a mother. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. She shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And you know what happened? Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Abraham was laughing and saying, God, that's funny. You pulled a quick one on me. It's funny to me that at 86, Abraham didn't think it was that big a deal. But all of a sudden at 99, it's a much bigger deal. You know, it doesn't make much sense to, to us. But Abram said, it's, it's not just me we're talking about here. We're also talking about my wife. And, and I don't want to remind you, God, but, but even if age was not an issue, she cannot have children. And I mean, come on, God, I, I get what you're saying, but it's just I don't see that it's happening. And Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. I've already got a son. I've already had somebody that you can use. Once again, Abram is saying there, there's somebody else over here that, that can do this. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. He said, you listen to me, Abraham. I'm trying to tell you something. I know that you've got this plan and this agenda and this calendar. But I'm telling you, I have plans not just for you, but for your wife. Sarah shall have a son indeed. I'm going to give her that promise. I'm going to give her that blessing. I'm going to make a covenant with her also. He said, and I will establish my covenant with your son for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. This leads us into our text this morning. Chapter 18, Abraham and Sarah were old. They were well stricken in age and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Again, she's still here, hearing the same old stories. Verse 12 says, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. Now she's laughing, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My, my husband, he's old also. God, do we have to keep reminding you we're old? Do we have to keep telling you we can't do this? Do we have to keep showing you that, that, that it's not a possibility anymore? And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Abraham and Sarah believed the promises of God. They followed his leading. They obeyed when they were asked to leave, not knowing where to go. But for some reason, none of those things humored them. I do not find where God says, Abraham, I want you to pack everything you've got, pack, sell everything you've got, get, get out of there, just leave and go somewhere. I don't see Abraham sitting there going, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, God. I mean, I, I, I got bills to pay. I can't just leave and not have a job. I can't just, just go. That sounds great in theory, but I can't do that. When God says, Hey, Abraham, I know that while you're in the middle of wandering, it gets better. You're going to go through a famine. Abraham doesn't. Oh, boy, this just keeps getting more interesting. He does not laugh because the Bible says that he trusted God. 
But you see, we have entered into this place when God says Sarah is going to be expecting. And they find that funny. They find that humorous. And it's not because of God. And not because they believed he was not capable of doing the miraculous. He had already proven that. But this was a little different because now this involves them. Now this involves them to actually play a part in what God wants to do. You see, beforehand they were just following after God and letting Him do everything. They were letting God make a way. But now it came to the place where it literally had to come from Abraham and Sarah. It had to be them. This involved two people who looked at themselves and said, God, this is not happening. Sarah is barren. Sarah cannot have children. And even if she were able, we're too old. Even if that was a possibility once upon a time, that is long gone. You see, it was the doubt playing in their minds, telling them you're not good enough. God's led you this far. God's brought you this far, but what's being asked of you now, you're not capable of doing. And so they laughed. They thought it was humorous. You're not young enough. You must be silly to think that a possibility. God can do it, yes. But this is not just God we're talking about because I have shortcomings. I have faults and failures. I have limitations. Too many people give up on the promise of God, not because it's too big for God, but because it's too big for us. We say, oh, no, 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 God, that's not mine. I wish that it was because it looks so glorious. I know you said that that whoever would repent and be baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If, if they wanted it, they could have it. But God, that I, I, that's just not me. I, I haven't I haven't been given that opportunity. I, I, I haven't felt that, Lord. Too many people just defer it to somebody else. But at the end of the day, it mattered not what their situation had been. It mattered not that they tried to circumvent God's divine plan. God never breaks a covenant. Some of us have tried to defer our callings to someone else because we don't think that we are capable. Some of us have pretended not to hear what God has been saying because we don't know how in the world this could be for me. You say, God, I, I know that that is wonderful that you're speaking to me. And, and he's told you you're going to see revival. He's told you you're going to see your family saved. He's told you you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. And you're thinking, man, that that sounds great and glorious, God. But you've got to be talking to somebody else, God, because they pray more than I do. And they fast longer than I do, God. And they've been more faithful to you. I know that you're not talking to me. And God said, no, you are exactly who I am talking to. Because you've gone through this whole thing and you've trusted me and you've been faithful. And now I've come to tell you, I'm not just blessing you. I'm making a covenant with you. I am making a promise with you. I am telling you it is going to happen. I don't deserve it. I missed my chance. I made too many mistakes. Then God, you know, we quote this all the time. And we shout about it and we dance and it'll preach the house down. 
but we don't realize where it is in Scripture. We have no idea that it's right in the middle of this story when God asks this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? When we're sitting back laughing and saying, this can't be. This, there's no way you're talking to me. There's no way I'm the one you're talking to today. Some of us have already been deferring this whole service. Know that he's talking to somebody else. I wish you'd make it personal this morning and say he's talking to me. He's speaking to me because I, I, I can't help it every time something's said about it. I push it away because I just don't think that God's really talking to me. And God is looking down and he's saying, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too difficult for me? We sang about it a while ago. Nothing is impossible with you. Nothing. Nothing. But God, it's, it's me we're talking about. It's my limitations. It's my struggle. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, a specific place and time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah, you are going to have a son. I know the questions in your mind and I know the doubts and I've seen the tears that you've cried. But I tell you, you are going to have a son. Genesis 21 says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And he came down right to where she was. And he said, all right, it's time to settle the questions. It's time to settle the doubts. All the worry that you've been fretting. All the years you've been living. The years of silence that you endured. The famine. The hurt. The shame of you having to watch somebody else with your promise. Now the time has come. And I have come down to you today. And I'm not just coming down like I said I would. I'm going to do what I said I would do. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to do it. Verse 2. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken unto him. Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. It's not just Hagar anymore, honey. It's my wife. It's Sarah. And it's my son, Isaac, the one whom all the earth is going to be blessed. Oh, all this time we've waited. We laughed. We didn't think it was possible. But God showed up. He spoke. And he did. How many times have we been Sarah who say with her lips, 
But inside she is laughing at the very promise of God. Not because of God. Not because of anything that's going on in his life. But because of our own limitations. They're wise enough now to know what is possible and what is not. The other stuff, yeah, God God can do all that. He can work all that out. But this, this is something that is not just a word. This requires action. This is requiring something of me that I'm not capable of. Abraham and I tried to have children, but nothing. Yes, preacher, I, I know what the word of God says, but hear me out, preacher. I'm struggling. I've sat in my room at night and cried because I feel like God has spoken something to me and I just don't see how it's ever going to happen. My family's falling apart. I can't do anything to keep it together. God, I can't keep a job. I, I can't keep money in the bank and I, I'm not out spending it like crazy. It's just bills upon bills and, and it's all, all limitations and I, I can't do what you're wanting me to do. I can't do what you're asking. I know what God says, but I also know what science says. I know what he told us, but my biological clock is saying differently. You hear me this Sunday morning. If God says it, you can count on it. Because he's not just going to be there and say what he wants to say, but he's going to do what it is that he said. We may not know when. We may not know how, and it may not be in our time frame. It may not be the way that we thought it would happen, but it will happen. He said, is there anything too hard for God? And we end there, but it goes on to say, Sarah shall have a son. For you... That may, that may just mean another little baby running around and another little mouth to feed. But to them, it was not just a little boy that they'd get to wrap their arms around and hold and love. That would be wonderful. To have a baby to hold and love and call your own. That in itself is grand. But to know that through this precious baby is a covenant flowing through his blood. Flowing through his veins. And that through him also. All. All. All of the world will be blessed. That through this baby. This promise of God. Though I struggled. I cried. I tried to do it my own way. But God kept his promise. And here we stand. Not just with a little boy. But a covenant. A promise of the Almighty. He was a legacy. He was not just a blessing. Because the Bible says that he told Hagar, I will bless Ishmael. But my covenant shall be with Isaac. We we should shout every day about blessings. But when you receive a covenant from God. A promise of a future and a hope. And a destiny. You better fight every day for it. You better believe that promise. You better say if God said I shall have it. Then I shall have it. 
I refuse to listen to the lies of the enemy. I refuse to listen to myself when I get in a pity party and I start saying it's never going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen and say, you know what? I am limited, but my God is able to do it. There is nothing too hard for him. I may laugh at times. I may not understand it, but God said, I shall have a son. I shall have a son. I shall have a son. Can we stand all over this house right now? What is the thing in your life this morning that you could replace Sarah's name with yours? Landon, I know it has seemed longer than you wanted to wait, but here is your appointed time. The agony you've had to feel, the shame and rejection, it's over. Because I am coming. I'm coming today. And I am here to do exactly what I told you I would do. Landon, you shall have a son. Landon, you shall be healed. Landon, you shall recover. Brother Dwayne, you shall have help. Brother Miller, you shall have freedom. Brother Jonathan, you shall have victory. Maybe you've had to watch as others have been blessed. Others have had sons. Others seem to be thriving while you are barren and nothing is coming forth. But you are here this morning and you hear me. Your wait is over. Sarah shall have a son indeed. I know it seems hard. I know it seems impossible. But nothing is impossible for you. Are there any Sarahs in the building today? You want to come up to this altar and say, God, I'm walking into my season. I'm walking into my appointed time. Lord, I want that promise. Oh, I shall have a son. I shall have a son indeed. No more fear. No more doubts. I can't keep living this way. Sarah, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son, not somebody else. I'm talking to you this morning. It's personal. Yeah. 